0: The Pelicans starters have been struggling, but the numbers tell an even more interesting story. I'll tell you the surprising stats and the tweaks the Pelicans need to make, including a big one where it's probably time to start Trey Murphy. It's the Thursday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Thursday, a game day for your New Orleans Pelicans as they take on the Utah Jazz here. We're not going to touch on that game for a very big reason here. I've done a deep dive into the numbers, into some of the lineups have some interesting stats to share with you, some tweaks the Pelicans need to make. Because when you look at their losses this season, and we'll get into this, I don't actually think the opponents are beating them. I think they're beating themselves. So we don't need to preview game so much as look internally at the Pelicans and what's going on and how they can kind of right the ship because it does feel like this season at times is getting away from them a little bit. So I've got the numbers for you. Tell you why Trey Murphy needs to start its jam-packed episode of Locked on Pelicans. So you're going to want to sit through all of this one here. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are the number one Pelicans podcast. Come to y'all like nobody else does. Deep dive on the stats, the lineups, the X's, and O's, trade rumors, all of those things. We cover it here on the Locked On Pelicans podcast. Be an every day or listen Monday through Friday. Do you think these are the tweaks that head coach Willie Green needs to make? Do you think Willie Green will make any significant big tweaks? A little bit uncertain because if you are in every day and you listen to yesterday's show, well, you heard me not love some of his comments after the game, but I've got some numbers here to share with you that are really surprising. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans, by the way, is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. So you see it if you're watching on YouTube. Pelicans' starters uh, starting lineup struggles. It hasn't been great this season. You know, one of the core tenets in the NBA, things I really believe in, is your starters should be winning their minutes. You don't want to rely on your bench because if those guys are better, they should probably be the starters. So the Pelicans' starting lineup right now, for a team that has a positive net rating of 2.4, the starting lineup has a negative net rating of 6.3. C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, Zion Williamson, Jonas Valanciunas in 371 possessions per CleaningTheGlass.com, a site that I love for the statistics, negative 6.3. That's in the bottom third of the league when it comes to lineups, particularly with those kind of minutes. Are you surprised by this, right? Don't forget the other night against the Memphis Grizzlies, they played poorly in the first quarter. Yes, they got a 15-point lead in the second and third quarters, but they were down eight at one point in the first half. They're just not good. And when you start to dive into the numbers and cleaningtheglass.com is really great for this, it really starts to show you a story here. One of the things the Pelicans with that lineup in particular particular do a good job of is trying to get shots at the rim. Almost 40% of their shots come at the rim. The team's average for all lineups is right around 35%. So it's about a 5% increase there. Shots at the rim, great. One of the areas they do struggle with, though, is three-point attempts. Less than 30% of their shot attempts come from three, and 30.1% come from mid-range. The lack of three-point attempts puts them in the bottom fifth of the league when it comes to frequency, so volume and all of that. Here's the thing, though. They might be taking shot attempts at the rim, but the numbers there aren't particularly great. They are shooting 72%, that's the 74th percentile, so you're kind of like the top third more or less, a little bit above that. So above average when it comes to it. But the three-point shooting, not only is it low volume, the starters are connecting on just 28.2% of all of their three-point attempts. Those are some bad numbers, and it's leading to some really bad spacing. So what that is doing is kind of giving teams the book on how to defend the Pelicans, right? And when you look at the last five games worth of data here, It's bad, y'all. It's bad. One of the things they're doing in the last five games, for the most part, is still getting to the rim. You know, against the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, they got to the rim 46.8% of the time. That was their shot attempts there. Against Houston, it was under 20. Cleveland, 37%. It's a decent number. Memphis, a week ago, 42.2%. Against the San Antonio Spurs, when they bombed away from three and connected, it was under 30%. But here's the thing. So they're getting to the rim, let's say at an above average rate in terms of frequency. The last five games, though, they have not shot above league average at the rim at all. At all. They are not connecting on those shots. And the reason why? Well, there's three or four defenders down low every single time, right? When you look at this Memphis game the other night, a stat I want to hammer home to y'all, which is a big concern, was how many blocks that the Memphis Grizzlies had in that game. It was absurd. You never see something like that. Zion doesn't get blocked a ton, even though he's slightly undersized. B.I. has good strength and can finish at the rim. Some of these guys are great. Yet the Memphis Grizzlies, because there were so many bodies there, had 17 blocks in that game. Getting to the rim wasn't working for this team. Anytime they drove, they ran into a bunch of arms, basically, that swatted the ball right back in their faces. It's just not efficient offense whatsoever. Ever right? You know you want to defend this team, wall off the rim because the shooters aren't going to make you pay. They were one of eight from three in the first quarter of that game against the, in the loss against the Memphis Grizzlies. The starters were over five, so not only low volume, but not even connecting. It just makes sense to pack the paint and force the Pelicans to just basically like relentlessly attack the rim, but do nothing with it. Right? The rim is walled off. So what do you do? Right? You know, I was kind of asked this question. I was on the radio with Ken Trahan on Wednesday, and he said, Should Zion Williamson shoot more jumpers? You know, my answer to that was it's not about the starting lineup doing anything different. Yeah, it wouldn't be bad if Zion had a jumper, take what the defense gives you. But for a guy that historically shoots above 70% at the rim, you know his jump shot's going to be 45%, that's just like an inefficient use, right? It would be like if I started becoming a blogger again instead of being a podcaster when I think I'm a better podcaster than writer. You know, you're using kind of my talents whatever you how you want to look at it inefficiently and it's not the best way to go about all of that, right? You don't want Zion to be a jump shooter because you negate what makes Zion better. You know, I know some of you everydayers really want him to have one. You know, I think he doesn't need one. It wouldn't be horrible if he has one, right? So it's less about changing these players habits and more about putting them in the best position to succeed when you look at this starting lineup here who's the shooter it's just cj McCollum, right there's no one there to make teams pay for putting three, four, sometimes five defenders down below the hoop and just walling the rim off. Worst case is you're going to have to live with a Brandon Ingram mid-range shot, which for him is good, but there's nights when he doesn't hit those because those aren't the most efficient shot in the league. In fact, you don't want guys taking high number of uh, high volume of all of those, right? So you need to make teams pay. You need guys to hit their three-pointers, their shots, which the starting lineup is not capable of doing, and they're not even threats to do so because they don't shoot enough when it comes to the volume with it, right? So when you start hitting those shots, you know, the rim numbers will then improve because defenders will eventually start coming out, and by extension, the starter's net rating will improve over time your offense gets better, so the only way to do that is not by shifting, it's not by turning B.I. into a three-point shooter at this point, because it's not going to happen. He would have been doing it this season, right? Not about turning Zion into a shooter, or Tunis into a shooter, or even Herb Jones, who's trying his best, even though he's not a shooter, into a shooter. It's about making lineup changes. And that basically means one thing. It means Trey Murphy needs to be put into the starting lineup to more or less make teams pay. So why are you leaning, though, so offensively, and why should Trey go in in place of Herb Jones, your best defender? I'll explain why coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about eBay Motors because our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. So whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us this on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Jaden Ivey is one with the Detroit Pistons, even though they're struggling. Look, Monty Williams has finally given him minutes, and Ivey has delivered. It remains to be seen if Williams keeps that role consistent, but Josh really recommends adding Ivey. You also have Isaiah Hartenstein. It appears Mitchell Robinson is out for the season, and Hartenstein is the clear add if he's available in your league. So Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. I work on all of my cars, I have an old one I'm restoring, I have a new Jeep that I just like making look cooler, drive a little bit better, brake a little bit quicker. So that's why whenever I need a part, I go to eBay Motors. Because with over 122 million parts for your vehicle, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. You want to upgrade the brakes. They've got them. LED headlights to see better in the dark. Perfect. Make it look cooler with a new bumper, a new roof rack for off-roading. Whatever it is you need, eBay Motors has it. And my favorite part is with eBay's guaranteed fit. It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. You order a part from another site, it comes in. Who knows if it's right for your car or not. It just might be whatever it is. You take your part off. You go to put the new one on. The hood doesn't close. You're out the money. It's as simple as that. Not with eBay Motors. It's going to fit right the first time, every time, or your money back. And at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your vehicle on the road over at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. And thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one pelicans podcast. Come to you like nobody else is. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts in on you could on YouTube. Comment down below on YouTube as well and become an everyday or listen Monday through Friday. Or if you listen two days a week, listen three days a week. Up it because we're giving you insight you can't get anywhere else and now for your second listen locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on youtube this is super cool locked on sports today is here for you 24 7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of locked on plus our national shows covering every league go to locked on sports today on youtube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel so let's keep talking about the starters their minutes the struggles that they've had look there's just not enough shooting There's just not enough shooting to make the offense work. And at times, this offense looks good. And it's usually when they're forcing turnovers and they're getting out and running. With the athletes the Pelicans have in Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, when they get out and run, they score in transition at a high rate. The problem is they're not actually getting stops with the supposed defensive lineups. We'll get more into this in a second here. You know, against the Houston Rockets, they didn't have any, any, zero fast break points. Your offense is going to flounder, and it did, and they lost that game because of it, because if that's the only way that you're going to score points, you need to rely on doing that, and the Pelicans right now aren't doing that consistently. So, if you're not going to do that, you need to get offense elsewhere. They're playing way more in the half court than they have been at any point in the season, and it's not working. Their half court offense, frankly, stinks. So, with that in mind, I think you need to take Herb Jones out of the starting lineup and put in Trey Murphy the third, just to give you another credible threat. He's on the scouting report. We've done shows about the deep threes that he takes if you're an everydayer and the extra dimension that adds to this offense and how much space that does truly create. So it's time to make a change to the starting lineup. Let's go back and look at this Memphis Grizzlies game again because I do think it's very much a microcosm of this Pelican season so far. They were up 15 against the Grizzlies, you know, okay. And then they lost that lead. But what if you weren't down eight in the first place and had to come back from that in that first quarter, second half? What if you were just even and at one point up 23, you likely would have won that game, right? You have to trend more offensively because one, what you're doing isn't working, You know, if defensive lineups were going to stop you from blowing these leads, you wouldn't have nine, nine losses where you blew a double-digit lead. That's not counting other times when they've blown a double-digit lead but still won the game and hung on. They have 14 losses. In nine of those, of the 14, they had a double-digit lead and they still lost. Look, it's one thing to lose a close game where it was back and forth, but where you blow a lead like that nine times out of your 14. Look, let's be... Generous here, and let's cut out four of those. So they only have five versions of this, right? Add four to them right now. Four more wins to this team. They'd be 21 and 10. They would be third place in the Western Conference ahead of the Oklahoma City Thunder, who look like kind of the team that's on the come up right now, the team we thought the Pelicans would be, but aren't. But they could be if they didn't do stuff like this, right? If these defensive lineups were working, they, they wouldn't have blown nine. Right. If they were trending offensively and then this happened, then we'd be saying do something different, too, because what they're doing, frankly, isn't working. And it's become a trend and a worrisome one at this point in time. And I do have concerns about Willie Green recognizing this and making the necessary changes. You know, we talked about if you're in every day or in yesterday's show, his comment saying they executed for three and a half quarters. They didn't. This they got a lot of luck to even just get up 15 in the first place. Skill, talent, game plan, all that in there too. But these defensive lineups haven't stopped them from blowing these leads. So you need to do something else, right? You know, one of the things to look at is offenses up across the board. Offensive players have an advantage in this league significantly at this point in time to the point where people are like we need to make better rules to let defense be in the game more well those rules aren't there right now so trend go with the trends and lean more into the offense and win some of these games have a better record the final 15 games of the regular season are tough you need these wins right now and because january's schedule gets a lot harder this was the time where you had to take advantage we were looking at potentially 20 wins by the new year We're not looking at that anymore. simply can't do that, actually. This isn't a good look, isn't great for the Pelicans whatsoever at this point in time. They need to make some changes. So lean in offensively. And that means Trey Murphy. Simply to just make the opponent pay. Trey Murphy has looked good this season. He has looked good. He's been a reliable shooter for the team. And he's even done, you know, even has more to his game than that. And we're going to get into that in a second here. He's shooting 40, 44% on over six attempts per game coming off the bench in just 27 minutes. If you expand him to starter minutes, what is he doing here in terms of three pointers? He would be making almost four threes per game. Per 36 minutes, the amount of minutes a starter generally tends to play. Eight and a half three-point attempts, 3.7 makes. That would unlock this offense so significantly, particularly with the deep threes that he takes that are 30 feet and beyond. Teams will stick a defender on him. Right now, defenders don't guard Herb Jones on the perimeter. Simple as that. So you need Trey. And when you look at the lineup data, you know, as I said, the starters don't look good, right? But when you look at the lineup data with Trey Murphy, he leads the Pelicans basically in terms of on-off differential. They are significantly better. To the tune of about 20 points per 100 possessions, with him on the court versus off the court. That is the 99th percentile, the top percentile across the league, across the league at this point in time, right? Zion Williamson is actually negative. BI is barely positive at 0.3. Trey is at 20.7. That's massive. The shooting that he gives you unlocks so many things. The volume that he brings, that even if he's not shooting, he's a credible threat out there and you need to stick at least one defender on him. No matter where he is, 30 feet behind the line, you got to put a defender there. That takes a defender out, that makes life easier for Zion Williamson. For Brandon Ingram, too. Less contested mid-range jumpers, easier for him to get to the rim as well. So you need to put Trey in the starting lineup basically to unlock things because the numbers with him out there have been significantly better than they have been without him. That, I think, has to just basically be imperative at this point in time. Will they make that change? I don't know. It's tough to drop a guy like uh, Herb Jones, who has been reliable and good to you and you just paid. But the numbers really bear out that Everything is better with Trey Murphy in it. When you put lineups in there that have Trey Murphy, Zion Williamson, and Brandon Ingram in them, the top three, the ones that have played the most possessions, are all positive. All positive. You need to have more of those lineups out there. In fact, the starters with Trey Murphy in instead of Herb Jones, limited possessions, is a positive 10, a net rating of 10. The starters right now are negative 6.3. So it's a swing of 16.3 just by putting in Trey Murphy instead of Herb Jones. Limit. Very, very, very limited sample size. Keep that in mind. But that says something, doesn't it? You definitely need more of Trey Murphy out there. I think that's important. One of the other things to keep in mind is it's beyond just his three-point shooting. Go back to Christmas Day. Pelicans didn't play, but Steve Kerr went on a rant after the game where the Warriors played the Denver Nuggets, complaining about how many foul shots Nikola Jokic got. Go back to that first Memphis Grizzlies game, right? You had Jaron Jackson Jr. take 17-15 free throws against the Pelicans. Free throws are up around the league just with the way they're calling games right now. Except for, of course, Zion Williamson for whatever reason. Trey Murphy is getting to the line at a higher rate than he ever has been before. You know, his numbers for drawing fouls getting to the line are up and that is a strong advantage of the pelicans this is something that they do lean into this not only do fouls give you the most efficient shot in the league a free throw is the most efficient shot you can have in the league in terms of points per shot attempt but it does the added benefit of putting a foul on another guy if you get guys in foul trouble they have to leave the game So if you can play him with the starters and he picks up fouls, attacking closeouts, doing things that other players don't do, well, it's going to have an added benefit of putting you in the bonus. So now you draw more efficient shots and takes a player out of the game for the opponent in theory. You have to lean into what Trey can do here. He's more well-rounded than he's ever been before in his career. The shooting is elite. The other things he brings to the table, too, are important. I held off on saying that I think he needs to start for a long time, but looking at the numbers, looking at these past five games where they're just doing nothing at the rim, you have to just basically, like, it's, it's like a clog in a drain, right? And now your sink's backing up, and you just got to do something to kind of break through all of that. Push that clog out, un- unclog it. That's probably the right phrase that I'm trying to think of. And... I think Trey Murphy can do a lot of that, but it's going to go beyond just Trey Murphy. Let me know what you think in the comments down below. Do you think he should start over Herb Jones? Do you think they just need to keep doing what they're doing? Do you think these are the tweaks that Willie Green will make, could make? Is he capable of making? But it goes beyond just Trey. You need other changes too. And that includes more Jordan Hawkins at this point and a slightly different role for CJ McCollum, but not bringing him off the bench, but kind of bringing him off the bench. I'll explain what I mean coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about Prize Picks because Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you versus the numbers. So instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros, sharks, you pick more or less than the stat projection of two to six players, and then when you're correct, you watch the winnings roll in. I think Willie Green might make some changes for this game, so I'm excited to take Zion to have more than 24 and a half points in this game, which is his Prize Picks line. And with basketball season and football season both underway, you can have a combo projection across both of those. So you can take CJ McCollum and Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half combo of three pointers made and receptions. And one of my favorite parts of this is injuries are a thing. They can wreck your day. Not with prize picks. They even have a reboot policy. So your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. In basketball or football, a player is rebooted if they exit the game in the first half and don't return in the second. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. You watch these games. You know what's going on. You have an idea of the trends. So if you want to go to PrizePix, go to PrizePicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. They're giving you free money right there. When you go to prizepix.com slash locked on NBA, make a deposit up to $100, and they're going to match it. Again, use code locked on NBA over at prizepix.com slash locked on NBA. PrizePix, it's daily fantasy sports made easy. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. Look, we're going to go a little bit longer than I normally do in today's show because we got a lot to talk about and giving you insight. You can't really get anywhere else with some of the lineup changes. We want to see the data behind it. This is some of the same stuff that the front office looks at, the coaching staff looks at, hopefully uses correctly here. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We're also available on YouTube. Black and gold season there's still a chance for the playoffs. Go listen to Ross Jackson, host of the Locked On Saints podcast, as your second listen today. And become an everydayer. Listen Monday through Friday. Know what's going on around this Pelicans team. So let's continue to talk about tweaks to kind of unclog. I think that's the phrase that I like, their offense, because it's kind of just been stuck particularly over the f- last five games, as I said. They've been taking shots at the rim, and none of that's working because there's nothing else for them to do, right? When they attack the basket, if you're Zion or your B.I., and you have Dyson Daniels, Herb Jones, Najee Marshall, and Jose Alvarado out there with you, are you going to pass to one of them in hopes that they make a three, or are you just going to shoot it yourself? If I were them, I would just shoot it myself. And that's why you're seeing Brandon Ingram take some, like, contested mid-rangers that just aren't great shots I don't really blame him for it right now there's nothing else for him to do and it's to his credit that he makes those at a higher rate than a lot of other players in the league do but doesn't mean they're great shots you know so more shooters trey Murphy in the starting lineup is going to help BI. It's going to help Zion significantly make them even better players. It's basically going to put them in a better position to succeed, which is what you're asking your head coach to do. And I don't think Willie Green has been doing that for the Pelicans' best players right now. But you need to go beyond just Trey Murphy. You need to make some better tweaks. Some of these guys, some of these lineups just aren't working for the New Orleans Pelicans. And it's time to really do your best to try and unlock those sorts of things. When you look at you know, lineups that have played significant minutes that aren't working. There's no reason to keep going to those right now. And that has definitely been, you know, a problem. So one of the things I think they need to start looking at is a larger role for Jordan Hawkins to give them more shooting. You know, Matt Ryan, when he comes back too. you, just need the shooting. Look, I like Najee. I love Jose, but they haven't been helping you keep these leads. They haven't been helping you keep these leads. If they were, you wouldn't have nine losses where you blew a double-digit lead and ultimately lost the game. That number would be much smaller, and the Pelicans are still adding to it. We're not even in January just yet. You know, if those guys were working, if these defensive lineups were working, this wouldn't be the case. Nine blown double-digit leads that lead to a loss out of 14 losses. It's not great. But you also need more offense and just creation in general with the second unit. So it goes beyond playing with the starters, right? And I do think that means running C.J. McCollum kind of in space too and almost as a six-man off the bench without coming off the bench. If you're a longtime listener, you've been hearing me say, I think this is the role that he would really thrive in. I don't think you take him out of the starting lineup. I think you start him. Then he can be one of your first subs out, Put in Herb Jones to give you more defense after you've built a decent lead or had your starters kind of keep things even to open the game. You know, Herb can come in or anyone else can come in, right, at that point in time. And then CJ starts to run with the second unit because one of the lineups that has been very successful this season was that shooters lineup from earlier on in the year. C.J. McCollum, Matt Ryan, Jordan Hawkins, Herb Jones or Dyson Daniels, and Jonas Valanciunas. It's basically C.J., who's a shooter, and two other shooters, so three shooters, a defender, and your center in J.V. J.V. has space now to work and can kind of operate down low and be the fulcrum of the offense. C.J. can attack the basket and does well in space, too, and can shoot the ball. You know, you want versions of this lineup around Zion, MBI too, a little bit harder because you'd like tunis out of the lineup with those guys sometimes to put an extra shooter out there since they don't take threes. But you can still run a functional version of this with JV and CJ doing a two-man game with three shooters around him. You can put Trey Murphy in this one instead of Herb Jones or Dyson Daniels too. That's, you know, three, four shooters out there and CJ and JV. And that seems to work. When you look at C.J. McCollum's usage rate this season, it's lower than it's been ever since his first two years in the league when like he wasn't playing much and wasn't the player that he's become. That's not the best use of his talents, just to make him a spot-up shooter with the starters. Do that. Let him take those threes. Don't let him try and run the offense fully. We've learned floor general C.J. with Zion and B.I. isn't the way to go. But let him do that with the second unit. That got them back in that game against the Oklahoma City Thunder you know, space and just let him attack. He's capable of doing that. You just don't want him doing that when there's better options in Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson to have a high usage rate in those lineups. But when those guys aren't on the court, let CJ do it. They've run some lineups that are more or less just the entirety of the second unit that aren't great. You know, Or it's with around Brain and Ingram and just a bunch of scrubs. No. If you need to anchor a second unit and you want to keep your starters kind of playing together, let CJ do that, I think. Because it's worked. We have the data on it already. And so if they can do that, I think you maximize CJ too. Let him play a smaller role when he's out there with the starters. But then as the game keeps going on, feed him a little bit when they're out. And then when you go back to your starters or play a small ball lineup to close games... To close games, and I'm thinking of that game against the Memphis Grizzlies where, you know, he played well in the first half and then they didn't have him do anything in the second half and he was ice cold when he shot later on, you know, at least you keep him warm in the flow of the offense and you can kind of have him be that secondary third guy when you need him to be with the starters so that he doesn't feel the pressure that, oh, I haven't shot in a while, I want to shoot or something like that. Enforce something just because he's not been used. He will have been used at that point, and if he does take a shot, he'll be in the flow of the offense, in the flow of the game, which was something that I think was a big deal when he basically airballed and then bricked a shot. Two big threes he missed at the end of that first Memphis Grizzlies game because he hadn't shot in like 45 minutes of real time. That's not a way that you're going to win games. So to have him stay within the flow of the offense when he doesn't always get his with the starters I think is to run him with that second unit have him kind of anchor it him and Valanciunas and pick two or three shooters to put around him and let him play in space the key to all of this is space and that is not something the Pelicans have had is evidence why the numbers at the rim, which is the basis of this whole show that we're doing, have been down across the board, especially over the past five games, as teams really have figured out how to defend and play the Pelicans, and it's leading to losses in games that they shouldn't lose. They should have won both of these Memphis Grizzlies games. They should have beaten the Houston Rockets, too. You drop one of them. It happens in the NBA over an 82-game season. But nine blown double-digit leads that lead to a loss, not even just a win, right? That's bad at this point, and things need to change, and it's because the offense isn't working. It's because the spacing is bad. The starters' numbers would be good otherwise, and clearly these defensive lineups that they're trying to run aren't getting them the wins that they need. They have a winning record. They could be so much better, and they're not even coming close to it. These are some of the tweaks, I think, that can help unclog, unlock the offense a little bit. Are these the changes the Pelicans need to make? Let me know what you think down below in the comments on YouTube or on Twitter at Nola Jake. Game day tonight. Let's see what they do against the Utah Jazz because... Based off Willie Green's comments, if you're an everydayer or if you haven't listened to it, go listen to the show from yesterday where I gave you his quotes after the Memphis Grizzlies game. A little bit concerning there. Hopefully, he's seen some of the data, realizes this isn't working. CJ even said the spacing was bad, so we're talking about spacing here on Locked On. Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. See if there's any changes tonight. If there aren't, I'm going to probably be pretty angry, especially if the Pelicans lose. I'm not going to even be that happy if they do win. Won't be as mad though. But let's see what happens. Is why you play the games. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nolajake on Twitter, and we will be back with y'all tomorrow to recap the game. Let's see what happens.